Welcome to our second podcast. I want to say a special thank you to everyone that tuned in last time and gave us some feedback. We very much appreciate it. Um, thank you to those who, who put, put in questions as well. If you do have a question you want us to answer, uh, just as a reminder, you can uh, send an email to questions at founderschristian.org and we'll get to those questions at the end of every episode. Um, I am excited to announce we have a title for our podcast uh, and then that title is going to be By the Way. Uh, so, Mr. Jones, if you'd like to explain a little bit about why we went with that title. Sure. Uh, we went with that title. It's a little bit of a double meaning. Number one, we want to uh, provide families with, with ongoing information about the, the ministry of Founders Christian School. So kind of, oh, by the way, this is what's going on. Uh, but more importantly than that, uh, as, as parents seek to raise their children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, I had Deuteronomy chapter 6 on my mind, beginning with verse 4, uh, where God's word says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. And on it goes and so just this idea of instructing our children as we walk by the way is kind of what we had in mind with the title of the podcast so we're excited about that excited to have a title and one that's that's meaningful as well so yeah and part of that going by the way is talking about relevant issues that are going on right now mm -hmm. um, so we're going to continue speaking about kind of the current crisis today in the realm of our expectations um, and I want to talk about expectations in two different ways one um, what should our expectations be uh, of life from from the scriptures and then two what is the scriptures expectation of us in a time like this uh, so we're gonna in those two big categories we'll talk about expectations today uh, but that first part um, our expectations about life from the Bible uh, this crisis I firmly believe is exposing some false expectations that have been adopted by believers um, and sometimes cherished by believers in our culture um, and and I include myself in that there are things that I expect about life that this is shaking yeah um, so there's a, a quote I actually assigned an article to my church history students and um, this was part of it a quote from Cyprian the Bishop of Carthage in 251 AD they went through a plague um, at that time and he says this and I think it's instructive for us how suitable how necessary it is that this plague and pestilence which seems horrible and deadly, searches out the justice of each and every one and examines the mind of the human race. So we have an opportunity here to examine our minds and our hearts as far as expectation goes. That's, that's why I wanted this topic today. So here's the question for you all to, to address. Where is this crisis revealing expectations in our lives that don't line up with what scripture says? That's a that's a good question, and and um, but before jumping into that completely, I, I would kind of go back to the quote that you mentioned from from Cyprian, where he, he says that uh, this kind of pestilence searches out the justice of each and every one, and examines the mind of the human race. Uh, these kinds of crises do exactly that, and it is right that we would hate sin and its effects as we see it. Uh, and so as we as we think about a crisis like this it's it's right that we hate sin and its effects as we see it expressed through something like sickness uh, 
but we've also said already uh, in, in the podcast that we, we have been able to slow down a little bit and think a little bit in the midst of all of this. And one of the things that I hope we'll, we'll do uh, is to also take time to, to think about personal holiness, to begin to hate sin and its effects, even as we see it in ourselves. So it's right that we, that we hate sin and its effects out in the world. Uh, but it's also right that we hate sin and its effects in ourselves. And so uh, maybe this is a good time to focus on on personal holiness uh, as we as we slow down, maybe spend more time in the Word as we talked about last time on the podcast. So um, that, that's one area where perhaps our thinking, not necessarily an expectation, but our thinking could be improved uh, just by simply regarding sin seriously even in our own lives. Mr. Baker, what do you, what do you think? How how is this maybe shaken up our expectations? Uh, I'm kind of piggybacking off what Mr. Jones said, um, the Bible gives us or informs us on what we should expect from the from the world. Um, uh, Paul says in First Timothy six eight, but if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. Um, and uh, it doesn't mean that we can't at times have more than that. Um, Paul says in, in Philippians that sometimes he has much, sometimes he has, uh, has little, but he doesn't allow his circumstances to control the way he approaches his life. Uh, he, he is uh, um, content whatever the situation, may, may uh, whatever his circumstances may bring about. And I think that's something that we have to remember that the Bible commands us that if we have food, food and if we have clothing with these things, we will be content. And so it's just a very simple, plain statement that helps us to, as, as Mr. Jones says, examine our own heart and really temper our expectations and, and not become uh, angry or frustrated or uh, even, even afraid simply because we have less than perhaps what we had before. And, um, uh, you know, whether it be possessions or something along the lines of uh, like we're dealing with right now a, a a sickness that's going around that we really don't have any control over which obviously can potentially impact the possessions that we have um, so I think taking simple statements like this from scripture and really thinking about whether or not I'm applying this to my own thinking in my own heart is where we have to start the, the truth is that to this point not a lot has been we, this hasn't cost us a lot at, at this point. Maybe some familiarity, uh, maybe some some comforts, but it, it, this whole issue does force us to think about the way we view comfort and convenience. And it's not wrong to enjoy comfort and convenience, um, but it is also right that we acknowledge we're we're not promised those things. That's not a, a part of God's promise for the Christian life: comfort and convenience and those kinds of things. And in fact. Uh, if you take the Bible seriously, you're, you're going to come away with the impression that we're actually promised the opposite of that. The, the Christian's life is, is not going to be one that's that's cush. And so uh, we, we know just by examining the, the life of Christ himself or Paul's life that uh, that's that's not what the Christian's life is promised to look like. Uh, well, the, the two categories I kept getting, uh, I kept hearing um, in, in your answers were, health and wealth. There are whole ministries based on this idea that God's promising you healthiness and wealth. Um, and and you said the Bible doesn't promise us these things. In fact, it promises some other things. So I do want to, uh, I'll, I'll get to that at the end. What does the, the Bible 
promise us and what should our expectations be and things like this. Um, but I did want to just stop and think about those two categories maybe a little bit more. Um, does the Bible promise us a wealth and in the area of provision, what, what does the Bible promise us? So you already said, no, it doesn't promise us wealth. Um, there's a passage I wanted to, to bring up just as a reminder. Um, I think this is a very good reminder for people in our culture right now. First um, Timothy six seventeen through 19 says, Instruct those who are rich in the present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. And then it does say what you were saying earlier, to instruct them in holiness. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Uh, but I, I really thought that phrase there, the uncertainty of riches, was helpful for us. And, and you mentioned not a lot, a lot of us have been impacted right now, but it has impacted some of the people listening to this already yep. with, with pay cuts. And not. I mean, there, there are people that in our young adult ministry that are waiters that aren't working right now. So yep. there, there, there is a impact right now. Um, what does the Bible promise in regards to provision? Should we be worried or anxious if these pay cuts do come and, and riches are uncertain is what the scripture says? So what does the Bible promise? Worry and anxiety are obviously temptations or, or the Bible wouldn't speak to those things. And so um, the Bible does speak to those things. I would say, first of all, just so we can clear this up, what, what we are not suggesting uh, if we, we say the Bible doesn't promise wealth, we're not suggesting that wealth is somehow wrong. Even in this passage from First Timothy that you just read, it says, instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches. What it does not say is instruct them to divest themselves yeah, of their riches. Exactly. And so it yeah. really boils down to where our hope is. Mm -hmm. And our hope is on uh, the, the provision of God and and he is the one that's that's promised to provide for us so uh, we, we've we're talking just a little bit before the podcast about the fact that he clothes the lilies of the field he provides for the birds of the air and, and we're told in in Matthew chapter 6 that we are of much greater worth than they and so um, that's an important thing for us to, to remember um, Matthew 6 31 do not worry then saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things for your heavenly father knows that you need these things. That's a good thing to keep in front of us. The yeah. Lord knows we need these things. I think most of the time we've been asking those questions in our culture is because we've got so many options. What am I going to eat today? What, <laughs> yes. what am I going to wear? And that's not the point of the passage. And I think, I think that's ultimately what I was getting at is, is setting our our baseline standard mm -hmm. for expectations. Not that, like Mr. Jones says, not that there's anything wrong with having wealth and enjoying the gifts that, that God shares with us. It's what's, it, you know, Paul says, but if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. So our, our contentedness lies in the fact that our daily provision is being met. And um, that that's, that's kind of where we have to start. So oftentimes if that gets, if, if God in his, in his, sovereignty um, that that gets that gets brought back some uh, to, you know closer to that baseline then we have to remember what, what is what is the baseline of contentment mm -hmm. uh, my, my daily my, my daily needs being met so and, and I always said this last time too but 
this just is not our home. This earth is right. not our home, and and that's good to remember. So, yeah, um, we can touch on this lightly, but as far as health goes, um, do we have any biblical examples of of what to expect as far as health or physical security? Is that something that the Bible has promised us for Christians? We're promised we're going to die, <laughs> and so uh, health can only be for a time, right? Unless the Lord returns. Um, before, before we die, if he if he is to tarry, then physical health can only be for a time because we're going to die. That is that is promised. Yeah, so, temporary yeah. comfort. I I think of the Apostle Paul and the hardships he went through. Um, the, the Epaphroditus in Philippians is a great story of someone uh, that Paul says nearly died of a sickness while serving the ministry. So there's no guarantees in Scripture that we aren't going to catch a sickness. Um, that's a false belief if people walk around thinking that um, and then you, you got the example of Christ himself who laid down his life He's, he suffered unto death um, so th that's not a biblical expectation that, that we need to set in our minds in case we do encounter sickness and um, honestly that's that's a testimony that saints all throughout history and even today um, can testify to through various sicknesses not the coronavirus but whatever other sickness we see saints fighting uh, faithfully so um, yeah so that's those are false expectations we might hear but but we do have promises mixed in there as we've we've said um, let's let's turn this discussion to the second category um, so that was our expectations of life from scripture but what about the Bible's expectations of us in a time like this what are some things that and really highlighting those things that we might tend to slip on in a time like this with the social distancing. So um, what are, anyway, I'll just throw that out for you all. What are the Bible's expectations of us at a time like this? Um, I think first of all, you have to start with the basic commands of we have a responsibility to submit to our governing authorities. Mm -hmm. Children have a responsibility to continue submitting to their parents uh, and the decisions that they make. Um, and then there's a, um, a spiritual aspect of this that uh, God has, a, has an expectation for uh, um, us responding to 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 him in a way that 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 honors him and uh, the reason i say that is I was, I was thinking about habakkuk chapter three um and habakkuk the prophet had been given a, a vision of what's about to become of god's people and it's not a pretty vision and uh in chapter three as he finishes off uh, the book of habakkuk chapter three verse 17 though the fig tree should not blossom nor fruit be on the vines the produce of the olive fail and the yields and the fields yield no food the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls yet i will rejoice in the lord i will take joy in the god of my salvation god the lord is my strength he makes my feet like the deers he makes me tread on my high places so to remember that even in times of suffering even in times of difficulty uh, we as believers have a responsibility to continue to rejoice in the God of our salvation. Now that's a great passage, uh, great passage for right now. And um, something I was going to hit on at the end, but this command that we are to be joyful. We shouldn't be gloomy mm -hmm. Christians in a time like this. Uh, what does that say about our God if we are, are hopeless and gloomy and aren't thankful um, in a time like this? So um, Christians ought to be setting the bar. In, in those areas for sure because we have a reason to be hopeful yeah, right? that's right and, and we can hear from the apostle paul in, in the fourth chapter of philippians 
Philippians 4.13 is, is the verse that gets plastered on the back of sports shirts and all, all that kind of thing. And um, the reality is the context of that verse is what is our hope in the midst of adversity? So Paul is speaking of his own adversity and he, and he says in, in chapter 11, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And then he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So this idea of, of contentment in any circumstance, one of the expectations for us is that we be content and set our hope on the Lord and know that we really can uh, do all things through him who strengthens us. And that is when we are brought low and when we abound, when we face hunger and when we face plenty. Uh, even in those circumstances, we can do all things through him who strengthens us. And so therefore, we as Christians above all ought to be hopeful in these times, content and hopeful. There's another area I definitely want to address, um, and that is church faithfulness in a time like this. Uh, churches aren't able to meet as we normally have been meeting. Uh, what does church faithfulness look like and and what might be some temptations to avoid um, in, the, in the midst of, of this crisis? One of the things I've, I think we've got to say right out of the box is that the church exists for a reason. Uh, the church is God's design for building up his people. Uh, it's God's means by which his people are, are built up. And he calls men to, to lead those people and to be responsible for their souls. And so um, if we are not faithfully committed to a, to a local expression of the church, uh, then we are simply not walking in obedience to, to what the Lord would, would have for us. And so just being plugged into a church in the first place is, is the first thing we've got to do in terms of faithfulness. Um, you know, we, we read in um, it was First Thessalonians chapter 4, I believe, where, where uh, the Bible says, and this is God's will for you your sanctification so in the midst of these circumstances or any other circumstances what is God's will for me well it's that we be sanctified it's that we grow in holiness and in his kindness to us uh, he's given us means by which that's accomplished one of the prime primary means of which is is the church and so um, it would be very easy to become uh, in, in a time of social distancing it would be very easy to become distanced from your church and i think people need to be encouraged to not allow that to happen during this time and of course god in his goodness to us has given us ways in which we can continue to obviously in this situation not meet together but uh, still continue to stay connected by phone obviously our our, our web our uh, church services can be webcast and and all the the different technological advantages we have over times past in which uh, allow us that allow us to stay connected with each other and we definitely need to continue to take advantage of those of those uh, of those avenues of, of being connected yeah. Hebrews thirteen seventeen says obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account um, I bring that up because I do think there's a, a temptation um, in these days. So I know our church and most every other church that I know of has is, is gone to some kind of online platform for Sunday morning. So you, you just watch the video. Um, 
there's a temptation to think, well, man, John Piper is a phenomenal preacher. I'm just going to go to church by listening to a Piper sermon this morning. Why is that not the right approach, especially in light of Hebrews 13, 17? Because John Piper doesn't know you uh, and therefore has not been given by God the responsibility to give watch care over your soul. Uh, someone has. If you belong to a, a church, as, as you should, then someone has been given the responsibility to care for your soul, and it's someone who knows you and, and is able to, to um, in, in a personal and ongoing and pastoral way, provide that kind of care that, that pastors are to give. Uh, and so that would, that's not to say that we can't enjoy sermons from from gifted preachers uh that that's i would i would certainly stop short of saying that however uh there there is someone to whom if you're going to submit to your leaders there's got to be someone to whom you're submitted and it's got to be someone that knows you personally and, and is given charge over your life so john piper's not accountable for my soul because he's not my pastor right and i'm not accountable to john piper you know i don't i don't i'm not called to submit to him he's not my pastor um, so one thing I would just encourage everyone, if, you're, if your pastors are encouraging you to do something, be encouraged to do that, whether it's attend uh, the service online, uh, join a meeting with your fellowship group, whatever it is that they're saying, this is what we want to see from you during this time, do those things, submit to them, uh, because they care for your soul. Um, it's, it's important. So um, that's one area. What about giving um, in financial crisis? Is, is that... Should that be a priority still, and, and why, when things are strapped? Well, God promises that He's going to bless our our giving, and it, it doesn't. Uh, he doesn't. It's, he says to get, to give according to your ability, and uh, um, the the fact of the matter is, is is if we don't have as much at some point in time, we're not expected to give more than we have. Um, but God continues to promise to bless our, our, our giving and, and obviously the church is dependent upon our continued uh, giving so uh, that doesn't stop during this time there's no there's no uh, um, uh, place that you could point to in scripture that ever gives you um, you know a circumstance circumstances to, to stop giving so yeah that's part of what it is to, to love the church and be submitted to the word of God is, is that we're to give joyfully we're to give sacrificially and uh and and to to love the church and even to love our pastors in that way and and that's another thing i would i would suggest too is just making sure that your pastors know that you love them and and appreciate what they're doing i i just remember this past week listening to to our own churches founders baptist churches sermon streamed online uh, this week, music was added, and just the sweetness that it was to me and to my family to hear that music, to hear God's word preached, and we don't see our pastors face to face to be able to say, "Hey, that was really a, a blessing," and and we love and appreciate you. Uh, maybe send them a message, give them a phone call, and and make sure they know how much you love and appreciate what they're doing, and how much you recognize the value of their work because you know that your soul depends upon it. And it is valuable work. I mean, the last thing, the last thing I want my pastor to have to worry about right now is do I need to find another job? Because I want him to continue to dedicate himself to the study of God's word to feed me and my family and the rest of our church, which is what God's called him to do. And I just don't want that to even be in his mind. And that's, that's when you're giving, you're saying, I value the word of God. 
That's right. And 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 it shows up in, in these ways. So and, and the men who were called to teach it. Yes, absolutely. Um. All right. Uh, the the last thing I had. Any other comments you all want to make on biblical expectations from us? Yeah, I think we're good. All right. Um, There's plenty more that can be said, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that wraps up our discussion on biblical expectations for us in this time. Next time on the podcast, we're going to talk about practical tips for helping parents manage the classroom environment in their home. And we'll talk about things like having a schedule, um, having a, a recess, having a space in your home, um, getting started early, removing distractions like video games, and, and some details along those lines of things we'll talk about. And really the theological reasons and, and even some foundations for those points. I think that's exciting. I, I, I personally look forward to that uh, just, just based on those quick bullets alone. I think it'll be, be uh, very helpful to walk through the details of those things. Yeah. Um, if you have questions for us before next week, please send them uh, to questions at founderschristian.org, and we will get to those questions um, as soon as we can. So send those in, and uh, also give us your feedback. If there's uh, things you'd like to say about the podcast, let us know so that we can make this as best as possible so that we can serve you. Um, as, as that, That's our aim. We want this to be a service for you all. You know what time it is? It is that time, isn't it? I think it's time for a dad joke of the day with Dan Baker. I think most Yes, it is. <clears throat> we can't leave this out of a podcast. It cannot happen. Yeah, this, this is an important time. Yes. All right, so, Mr. Baker. So the other day I was in the living room watching the, uh, watching the Rockets game, and my daughter walks in. And I hear her say, Dad, you haven't been listening to a word I've been saying. And I thought... What a weird way to start a conversation. <laughs> Dad joke of the day. Dad of the year award, too. You're welcome. On that one. All right. All right. Until we'll next time. Catch you next time.